If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 51. Sponsored by nobody, except for our amazing patrons. Cinder, and how are you on this loveliest of days? I'm good. Shannon, the weather is actually good nowadays. It's actually awesome. I, I am finding myself, you will not believe this. We don't have, let's not talk too much Corona again, okay? But we don't have, we don't have any, uh, there's no limit on going outside in Denmark. You're allowed to go outside as you wish. Okay. And I am making it a goal for myself. I need to go for a walk every day. When the okay. weather is this good, I have no excuse. I need sunlight, as is apparent. I need a little bit of exercise, as is apparent. And fresh air never hurt anybody. So I'm trying to move my goddamn slow buddy a little bit. I'm That's trying. good. You should I'm be active. Yeah. I've been trying too, but really I refuse. Right now, so I kind of don't want to talk to you anymore. I got to go. Okay, later, Cinderin. Thanks for joining us I, today. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I like to go on walks as well, but the, the sun has to be out. And I've been waking up. Today I woke up at 8 p.m., because my schedule is so beyond fucked because of the casting at 4 a.m. and other pog-related stuff. Oh, yeah. So you don't really get... Yeah. Uh, but I do have... Uh, I'm going to show it on stream. My amazing vitamin D pills. Highly recommend oh. you guys take these. They are 5,000 IUs. Very strong. Very good. Sounds Anyhow. like something that has something to do with radiation. Great. That's right. It does. Okay. So, uh, again, thanks to our patrons. I will list the first half of our in Bruges tier, the shout outs. We got Mr. Underscore Man, my boy, Ben Broomhead, Ben Jackson, Chosnek Pizda, DG, Dop, Dyslexic Dop. Lawyer, Fane, Fred the Pleb, not Fred Fred, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, that was everybody's favorite name from last week, uh, Gavrissimo, GG Gamer 74, Anonymous. You can take over from there, Cinderman. Keep saying things. Oh, how nice. It renamed just for us. <laughs> Nivnav, Novi Panda, Poop Feast 420. Always a good one. Love that one. Pitch Black, Ronnie Keel, Terry Tip, The Coward, Fellowship of the Ping, Wooden Aftertaste, and Zeroic Dota. What actually has a wooden aftertaste? A penis. Whiskey? Or that? No, that. So everybody was. I, I was reading the comments oh, and I forgot to it Google can. this, Cinderin. But apparently, mm. everybody was mentioning the fact: is that the real poop feast four twenty? I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so I forgot to to Google that in incognito, of course. But yeah, uh, it's time for me to go incognito <laughs> for this one. Okay. Uh, one see. thing. If we want to continue on, are you? Am I waiting for you to Google this? Oh, it's a guy from the Yogs cast. Oh, okay. Is it actually, though, is the question? It's Sips' son. There's a guy from Yogscast called Sips. Uh huh. And apparently, his son, who was born on December 2, 2011, is Poop Feast 420. Oh. More commonly known in the Yogscast community as Sips' son, 
is the son of Sips. Wow, very great. So either we have a nine-year-old viewer or somebody imitating a nine-year-old <laughs> uh, famous Yogscast member officially. Or the Yogscast stole the name from the actually real Poop Feast 420. That is also a possibility. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we get started, um, apparently there is a, you know how we're in an alternate universe, Zendern, with everything going wrong in, in the world? Uh, yeah. It continues apparently in America. There's called there's a thing called the Murder Hornet that oh has now God. entered the U.S. from Asia. <laughs> Another thing from Asia apparently <laughs> that destroys bees, which we've already had like a bee problem where they're not quite going extinct, but it's getting to the point that people are a little scared mm. that they will be disappearing. And these things apparently devour them. I was looking at pictures. From the bees that we get, like just in Arizona, we get the Western honeybee, I believe. It's mm -hmm. relatively small. Just based on what I'm looking at, would you say that's 10 times larger in the picture? Based on the picture? Yes. that's No. Or, it, you don't think that's 10 times larger than the Western honeybee, which is the bottom right? Or not bottom right. All but right. Let me zoom out so the diagram. fingers look actual size. Okay. To get an idea. Okay, how big is that? That's like... Okay, it is actually pretty big. I don't think it's, it's a factor huge. 10. It might be factor 4, 5. Okay, It's whatever. big. I'll it's give you huge. it's big. It's a giant fucking bee that destroys other bees. So that's something we have to worry about here as well, Cinderin. Another reason not to you go know, outside. You know what you just reminded me of? Hmm. There's this... Um, there's this... Car what do you call it? Do you call it cartoon strip? You do, right? Cartoon like strip. Like just you know, like if you have if you open comic a newspaper, strip? comic strip, right? That's what it's called. My bad. So there's okay. this comic strip from probably my favorite comic of all time, Calvin and Hobbes. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but there's this comic strip from there where Calvin has a nightmare that there is a huge bee or wasp chasing him, and I don't know that. That strip really made an impression on me. I feel like that is one of the more terrifying things I can imagine. Like, think of a wasp, and then it's like a meter by a meter that chases mm. you. You just reminded me of that comic. That is terrifying. The thought of that. Wow. I'm not really, like, I'm not scared of insects or wasps or bees or whatever. But the thought right. of really big ones is actually terrifying. So this murder hornet might be like that for the bees. Yes. It's that's, like four that's times our size for the bees. So that's so for you the the most scary terrible. insect if it was life size for you is a a hornet or a wasp or something to that degree. <sighs> for me, worse? even though it does I mean, so a that, gigantic spider would be pretty bad too. Okay. For I me, think. it's yeah. it's not something that hurts you. Isn't that weird? Like I yeah, I'd be scared of the, a life size bee or hornet or whatever. The thing that would scare me the most is a cockroach because that's what already that scares me the most. That would also be pretty terrible. Yeah. They don't they don't hurt you though. They're just ugh, ugh. they survive. Well, neither do spiders, but people are scared holocaust. of those too. True. Most spiders, not all yeah. spiders, obviously. Some of them are dangerous. Uh, and then last thing before we move on to news, uh, I'm gonna put this link in the description of the video. So my brother made, who of course made the intro song, as you guys hear every single week. Uh, well, it's me singing, but he helped me along with it and obviously does a lot of instrumentals. Uh, he's actually really, he was always like God tier at piano uh, and then just taught himself like 10 different other instruments. He's just like born to make music apparently. Anywho, he created a song that I will put the link of in the description 
talking about the coronavirus. I think the lyrics are fucking amazing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the type of music that some of you, I mean, it depends, I guess. It's like blues. It's, I think it's really fucking good. So I'm going to put that in the description. So check it out. And yeah, he would appreciate that. And I would as well. Okay. Um, so Cinderin, some news this week. Don't know if you yes. heard, but mm, the International 10 was postponed. Yeah. So the big thing we can learn here is that optimism doesn't help. Okay. Like me being optimistic about stuff doesn't lead to anything. I'm just consistently wrong about this or consistently too optimistic. So I'm just, it's kind of a curse because when I talk about this still with people, I'm like, I hope we get to do this and that this summer still and that we don't lose the whole summer. I'm still, despite being punched in the face by reality more and more times, I'm still optimistic and I don't know why and I don't know if it's good. But the TI thing is not happening right now. Um, Do you want so to read, I believe uh, the wording. Just read the whole thing. It's pretty short. Oh, we're going to read the whole thing? Okay. Yeah, it's like uh, let me just click few sentences. I didn't have it open. Yep. Okay. You can Opening do it. it up. After extensive consideration of the global health emergency stemming from COVID-19, we've made the difficult choice to delay the international. We've been exploring various date possibilities, but it is likely that the event will need to happen in 2021. Given the highly volatile landscape for local gathering restrictions, virus trajectory, and global travel policies, we don't expect to have enough confidence to communicate firm dates in the near future. In the meantime, we're working on restructuring the DPC season for the fall, and we'll be providing more information as soon as we have it. The 10th International Prize Pool will be funded by 25% of the sales of the next Battle Pass, which we are planning to release soon instead of closer to the event itself. However, with our team working from home and taking and things taking longer to complete, the release date of the Battle Pass will be at least a couple of weeks later than usual. We hope everyone in the Dota community is staying as safe as possible and look forward to a time when we can once again welcome everyone to enjoy the spectacle of the International. So okay. for the Battle Pass, just to get this out of the way, uh, I looked this up a few weeks ago and based on memory alone, but I believe last year's Battle Pass came out May 7th, which is a couple days from now. So yeah. according to this, it'll be a couple of weeks from now. At least a few weeks. Oh, did it say at least it a could few be an, weeks? It says at it least a couple weeks. Couple means it, two. I mean, does it? A couple means two. Well, that's true. But when but you it is use valve. the saying, at least a couple, does it mean at least two when you say it like that? I know what a couple is. Well... I just mean like the I'm idiom sure itself. Like some when you people say that, will interpret it, it differently, but if I hear at least a couple, it's equivalent to saying at least two. It's like when I say when I tell someone I'll be there in two minutes. It doesn't literally mean two minutes. It, it should. Means I'll be there. You're, you're incorrect. Shortly. Yes, I mean that's I'm, just a phrase. But <laughs> exactly. Stop being late so, all the time so for Christ's sake. So, so what is this then? So okay, a couple is two. A few is three or more, and, and then several is five or more. Several, and eh, that's more gray area i guess oh but yeah. so it's not <laughs> a couple is defined a couple of things is two a couple of i know like, it's a, I know. it's the same as a pair except a pair yeah, literally I mean, means in, the in same some cultures copy. a couple can actually be three okay let me let me just say this Cinderin. okay mm. i understand what you're saying sometimes thing like if you say something it can be interpreted another way but this is mm, a Valve that's... blog post. I'm pretty sure they mean at least two weeks. Okay. I'll take your word for it. But yeah, that doesn't really help because it says at least. So it yes. could still be 10. It could be 10. Yes. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> nothing right now. 
Um, so if it, if the expected release time originally was early May, then it is probably coming out late May or June. I doubt they would delay it more than June. And the thing here is, so obviously the big things to take away from this is more than likely TI will be next year. Uh, there is, it doesn't sound like it's definitively not going to be this year, but it sounds very like overwhelmingly likely it won't be this year. And that for all of those that are excited for the battle pass, which is like the entire community, um, the sales from this battle pass will go to that TI. But yeah. I don't know if this battle pass will stretch longer. Did they say I, anything about that? They didn't say anything about that, but isn't that implied? Okay. Like, how would you make a battle pass know. and then not have it extend to that point? Oh, that then this that battle would be pass weird. will be so much longer than it's the other It's going to be ones. like $80 million. <laughs> the usual battle pass is from May till September. Yeah. And this one will now be from till June. possibly June till what? February? It's like yeah. eight months instead of four. It's going to be pretty ginormous. I mean, it depends on how much they put they in. They said right? it won't last longer. Oh, right. There was a comment on Reddit. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, I thought I remembered something about it. They made a comment on Reddit. It's one of them that the battle pass duration should be around the same as this one, oh, really? as the usual ones. Okay, so it's going to So I stop think they're going to have September. it run. Yeah, they're going to have the battle pass run. It's going to fund TI. Then I guess you're going to lose the stuff like you usually do and keep some of it. Yeah. And then when TI rolls around, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Maybe there will be another battle pass at that time that is just for something else. Because let's talk about this then, because I have been speculating. We talked about this a little bit. What are Valve going to do if there's no TI this year? Mm-hmm. What do you do to fill the year? Because people definitely want the battle pass. So now we know they're going to release that and the funds go to TI. If, they go, if the funds from this go to the next TI, do they put two TIs in 2021, one in, say, February and one in August, and then the one in August gets its own battle pass in May? Or do you do something else? Like, can you think of something you could I mean, do with this downtime? I've already, I already told you what I thought they would do. And Which it was, remains to be seen if that's going to happen. But, I mean, I guess the, the difference is that the Battle Pass still only goes to September. But let's say Battle Pass goes to September. Mm-hmm. Let's just say optimistic since it's 2021 already. Let's just say January is TI-10. Right. I think that is when the year for TI ends. And then it just changes the schedule completely from here on out. I don't so think every TI will just that. be starting there. Yeah. Okay. I don't have it. I mean, it could be December next year because December might be a little bit better month for people mm-hmm. uh, since they get time off and whatnot. But uh, I don't personally see a problem. I know a lot of people talked about how the summer is kind of the ideal spot, and I don't disagree. Just feels like two TIs in the same year. Isn't that kind of feels like a, you're forcing it a bit? I don't know. I guess. In terms of the circuit itself, it's actually good for tournament organizers if TI is in. January, February, or March, because that's where ad revenue is the weakest and where sponsorships are the hardest to sell. Yeah. And since TI doesn't really care very much about sponsorships because Valve has like no sponsorship that's policy on point. it, except basically NVIDIA, right, that has been setting up their computers or whatever uh, and got a little bit of, of rep from that. Um, outside of that, it's a sponsor-free event. So other organizers, since, since TI is like this vacuum that sucks everything around it in for like two months... If that is mm-hmm. early in the year, it actually profits the organizers and the scene as a whole. Um, so that might be at least a silver lining if we end up getting in I mean, the first quarter they, of the year. That would be even good. if they did care about ad revenue, you just for next year make it December. December is a really good month. Yeah, December uh, is really good for organizers, though. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so. Uh, are you surprised it took so long for them to say something? Because we've been talking about this for two yes. months that it's not oh, happening, no. right? 
no, you're not I'm surprised, not surprised but they should have talked earlier. That's what you mean? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. And I don't think they should, actually. I know a lot of people were like, man, they should have been out earlier. I think now is about the time that they have to do it because the expected time until TI now is like three months. I think that's mm. good enough notice for people that are planning stuff to cancel and everything. And I think it's better to stretch it a little bit and give it the benefit of the doubt to get a better read on what this whole situation was going to be instead of coming out two months ago and being like, we're postponing it. And then in case this had not necessarily blown over, but got good enough, then it would have been a huge regret, right? That they jumped the gun. So I think this is a good balance where you get to see what really happens because you give it enough time to develop. You explore plenty of options. It sounds like based on the blog post, you explore other options for the same year. And now with confidence, you can say that this is how it's going to go. I like this from Valve. I think it's good. Uh, I know some people would have loved to hear it earlier, but like it's a pretty big and complex problem, I think, to organize a tournament like this in this kind of a, an epidemic. So I appreciate that they take their time to, to do what they think is the right thing. I don't think it's as easy as people make and it out to be. Do you think, let's say it's in January, is it still in Stockholm? Or do they just... Hopefully. Unless you think I it would think... be a, like a super bad thing if it's somewhere else? Does it have to be in Stockholm? Mm. It doesn't have to be. I think they should definitely aim to keep it in the same location unless we reach a point where they absolutely cannot get the venue that they wanted at all or uh, the situation in Sweden is different from elsewhere, like with, let's say, Corona. I, it's hard to imagine that that's going to be the case, that Sweden is on lockdown while other countries are not when we're in the next year. But uh, you never know. Like something like that... Um, but yeah, try to try to keep it in the same place. You know, they put it in Stockholm for a reason. And even if it's delayed, I don't see why that changes the same reason that they wanted it there for mm -hmm. the representation of the region and to have a new place in and having it there. I mean, that's just my own personal bias. The idea of TI in Scandinavia is fucking amazing for me. So I would love it to not change, right? Um, well, I mean, yeah. plus it's due to be in that. Uh, yeah, entire the first region, TI was I in. Cologne, but that one, the first TI doesn't really count to the same extent no. because that was, uh, it was an experiment from Valve in, to begin with. Like they put it in a convention center, they put it at Gamescom. So it was basically a booth in Gamescom where the pros were playing um, until TI became its own separate event the next year. So as far as separate Valve organized, we are running the whole thing stuff, it started at TI too. So I have a prediction. Mm -hmm. uh, one of two things, two predictions. One of them will be right. I do not think that it will be in Stockholm this year. I think they'll get TI-11. Okay. Uh, and I think the reason for that is, of course, things can change globally in terms of the pandemic and whatnot, but it's going to be hard for them to set things up in general when they can't be there, right? It's in another region, which is why yeah. I think that it will either be in Seattle or LA because not only is that close vicinity, especially Seattle, but LA, ESL1 LA was the first tournament that had to get canceled because of this. And that was the one that was fucked the mm -hmm. most. So it's a way to, uh, I don't know if it remedies that situation necessarily, I, but still West that Coast. That sounds a bit biased to me. And that's, oh, you mean for, for the sake of NA having an event? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's a combination of that. It's more so like, let's say 80% in terms of the ratio, 80%, it's just close. It's easier to set up if it's in the U.S. Right. West Coast versus doing it in another continent entirely. I feel like at the time this event runs, Valve will probably play it really safe. So at the time we come around to TI, I think 
the epidemic will have to be considered either over or very, very low risk or whatever you want to call it, like completely mm-hmm. on the way out. Uh, and in that case, there's no really big difference between the hassle of setting it up in Stockholm at that time and the hassle of setting it up in Stockholm in right. three months. Things can change a lot. And not but, only that, but I guess something so. we won't go into specifically, uh, politically, things might change in the U.S. as well to get uh, people easier visas, depending on what time. I that believe is true. February is the time that the president could change, could being the operative word here. Uh, so we'll see. Because yeah. right now, I think, in my honest opinion, I think a big reason why it has not been in the U.S. the past few years is because of the political situation. That is my, it's just harder to get in the U.S. for a lot of people in the last few years. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that changes or not. But yeah, you're right. If the pan, like the pandemic, uh, pandemic situation, anything can happen. It could clear up a lot more yeah. towards that end, and they'll have plenty of time to do it. Who knows? But that's my zero knowledge uh, prediction. Okay. The U.S. Awesome. will have the my favorite TI predictions. Time. Those are my favorite too. Uh, well, okay, that's just like me. So seven point two six B and C were released. Uh, 7.26b was probably the laziest patch notes of all time to the point where I felt like I was reading something I would write. Um, (laughs) So the one that the the specific line we're talking about is all talents are now about 20% weaker. So what do you want to talk about in this patch? There's a few things, obviously, to deny and whatnot. Yeah, I want to talk about like the macro thing and the meme. So let's do the meme first because that's what everybody loves. Um, Yeah. So obviously, people were having a good laugh at the wording. Uh, it's very clear why they wanted to do this. We'll get to that in a second. So all talents are about 20% weaker. The thing that was a little bit funny about this is that they went into their, obviously, the strings in the code that has, say, the talent text, like durations or whatnot. And then they just changed it to be 20% lower. And in some cases, it actually, for Undying, it buffed his 25 talent, which is the cooldown on... Uh, resurrecting, right? His second life. That one got 20% shorter. He needed it. So they messed up there. Uh, And then the Furion talent that had two times treant health and damage got changed to one times treant health and damage (laughs) in the text. So a talent that did nothing. But it was 1.8. It actually did what it was supposed to do. But it was just like, people were having a good laugh at that. And then they started making these memes of, how do you 20% reduce a talent that is binary, right? Like, what do you do there? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like it Phoenix works. Sometimes can, Phoenix can sunray an egg level 20. And now mm-hmm. it's like, Phoenix can sunray in the egg, but 20% of the time it fires in the opposite direction. You know, like, <laughs> stuff like this. Um, but anyway, obviously the ones that they changed were the non-binary ones. Uh, the binary ones are still the same. They did not get changed. Let's talk macro now. So the big problem that in many people's minds, Dota has been suffering from lately is that the game has been way too snowball and way too, like, short, basically. And it has limited the playstyles, especially in Pro Dota, by quite a bit, where we're still at a pace or at a spot right now where it's being discovered what you can really get away with. But there's been so much focus on lanes, early mid game, tempo heroes, that late game carries almost disappeared. Like, the true hard carries were almost out of Dota for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So what they've done is they've slowed down the game a bit. And there's multiple things being done at the same time to do this. Denies no longer give gold. Deny experience has been increased. So the people that lose lanes lose them a bit less. The talents are weaker. That means your power spikes earlier are less strong. But those kind of 
it's a bit difficult to gauge how it really ends up working because when everybody gets weaker, does that benefit the strong or the weak heroes? You know what I mean? Like it's always relative. So it, it really depends. And I think this kind of 20% thing is, I don't want to call it lazy, but I think, think of it more as an experiment to see what happens. Like how does this impact the game? And then we tweak the talents of heroes that really needed it and less for the ones that didn't. And that is actually the C patch that we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. Um, you still wouldn't call reliable it Reliable gold though. got changed. Come on, that's pretty fucking bad. That's okay. That's and then the obviously the, the other big slowdown factor, tier 2 plus towers got 500 extra health and 25 extra damage. That is a lot. Uh, especially considering that these towers also have multi-shot when you glyph 25 damage very quickly eats up a creep wave or summons or push strats. So, yeah. And there's other changes here. Um, that have you had a 60-minute game yet, Sundaran? No, I don't think so. I think I've been pretty close, but oh. not yet. No. So sad for you. Yeah. Small item changes. Don't think they're worth talking about too much. A little bit of a nerf to well, what about the and place of attack. Deny no longer gives gold, and the yeah. XP has been increased a bit. Yeah, I did mention that one already. Okay, I, can say I wasn't it again. listening. Please, I, no, I, I wasn't listening, so inform me, please. <laughs> I mean, it's just to slow down the game and help the weak laners, right? Overall. Would you consider it uh, oh, a well, moderate change? Yeah. Does it have any kind of a big impact? Like, I don't know how much this gold ends up being. It doesn't really matter, it feels it's like. It's like, let's say you're playing a weak laner against a strong laner. Now, when they deny against you, they don't automatically get a, qu- a fifth CS per deny in gold, mm-hmm. and you get more XP. It's just flat out a nerf to lane dominance, right? Um, so I think, I think it's going to make a pretty big difference. Okay. Okay, as far as items go, I don't want to talk about all of them. There's only five, but let's just very quickly, a couple of nerfs to some of the more popular items, and the biggest one probably is Hood now has a 200 gold recipe, and Pipe was unchanged. So Pipe just got 200 gold more expensive, Hood got 200 more gold expensive. I mean, it's bought uh, literally every game, so... Yeah, so it definitely got nerfed. But it it makes sense when you think about the pacing of the patch and what heroes are played, right? Like, everything is this mid-game magic damage-oriented hardcore teamfight spellcasting don't so don't get was, mad at me for not listening there was maybe a 30 second period where i was just thinking of something else in <laughs> but <laughs> okay. did you mention <laughs> the, this is the worst when it happens in a cast which happens yeah. all the time of course uh, uh reliable gold is now only passive income yeah didn't mention that one did not so you don't i did okay. not mention that thank god it's not it's not a minor change i just didn't know how much we wanted to talk about a patch that has already been updated right yeah um, well this one just feels but, it's still this one's kind of big, right? Yeah. So, so beforehand, you used to get reliable buybacks. gold from what was it? You got reliable gold from hero kills. Was Roche reliable? I don't think so. Towers were. I don't remember because I think this has changed a couple of times. Uh, you would always just mouse over your gold to see how much reliable gold you had. Uh, I think bounty runes were unreliable. Reliable. I'm probably going to say something wrong here. I don't remember exactly which ones were reliable and which ones weren't. But the change is now that the passive income is reliable gold. And that means that every hero in the game has the same amount of reliable gold. Mm -hmm. Unless the gold from Philosopher's Stone is reliable because it's kind of passive. I actually haven't checked that if that counts as reliable. If it does, that item is even better than before. Um, But anyway... It's only given for passive income, so this means that the access to buybacks is now time-dependent rather than uh, kill-dependent and yeah, individual like game. So you have a much more limited access to uh, to this reliable gold. 
overall. And reliable gold is mostly it's mostly important for buybacks, right? It it obviously matters if you have reliable gold and you die and you don't lose it, right? Uh, but usually the way reliable gold gets used at a high level is people assess whether they can complete an item and still have buyback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where reliable gold really comes into play in a big way. So so it says only given for passive income. And I'd have to look back again because, again, they've changed this stuff so many times. And then you stop paying attention because it's, again, like you said, you just mouse over your gold or whatever. But uh, like when Bounty Hunter Janata's, I think that was always unreliable. But mm-hmm. wasn't track gold reliable gold before? That was my memory of it. I could be wrong. It might have been. But yeah, either way, that's right. not the case regardless now. Right. So that's, There were many things. Chad is, giving, is saying all the reliable gold from before was Roche, Heroes, Towers, Midas. So yeah. all of that was reliable. Is is being, uh, oh. is being Midas said. no longer exists in the game. So Actually, that's not true. We saw somebody <laughs> build a Midas. Who, what hero oh, yeah, was that again? Did. That was so weird. Oh, I can't Silence remember what hero was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense in theory because he can't farm, but still weird mm-hmm. to see. Uh, okay, so that's 7.26B. I guess you can wrap up C real quickly. It's just mostly talent change. Yeah. I don't think we need to mention Yeah, exactly. So considering what B did, where it changed every talent to be weaker, then they start doing some polishing work here where in the 26C patch, uh, most talents or many, many talents got tweaked in one direction. And for a couple of heroes, uh, some of them swapped places, which is a classic way Ice Rock has been balancing talents where it's like, okay, this level 10 talent is really strong. Let's put it on level 15 instead, make it better. And then put the level 15 talent to level 10. And then mm-hmm. even though the talent is better on level 15, it is now delayed impact in the game, which right. is expected to slow down the hero's peak. And there's a couple of heroes that have got that. Uh, outside of that, that, probably an item you're happy about, Illusionist Cape Change. Yes. You hate this item. What? Uh, if you, you think it's broken. On PL, yeah, it's broken. Okay. I hate that hero too. So it's just amplified Either way, hatred. the item has a 30-second cooldown and a 30-second uh, duration. So it has zero downtime, except if you backpack it, where it's obviously longer cooldown. But uh, a lot of people would use the Illusionist Cape and then swap in another item in case a fight broke out because then the Illusionist Cape is just a bit of stats, whereas you could yeah. have another Tier 3 neutral item or Tier 4. If you swap it out now, the Illusion dies. So that is a big nerf to that aspect of playing the item Good. where you're just using it as free Illusions. Good. Uh, very happy with that one. And then finally, Royal Jelly. Now it's duplicated on Illusions, so don't worry about giving it to PL anymore. You, all of the Illusions have it. And it has global cast range, so you don't need to... Yeah, that was always kind of annoying to deal with. It kind of saves some... It's just quality of life. It saves some hassle of transporting it, sharing it correctly to other players. It's okay, I think. Uh, One thing that I do want to mention is Ricky's 25 talent. Uh, It used to be Cloak and Dagger doesn't reveal and is now 125 smokescreen AoE, which makes that spell absolutely bonkers. I still think if you go like the tricks of the trade type... Like Ag's build, you would never get that skill. But if you're playing the smokescreen type, which you'd have to be level 25 on a semi-support. I don't know how often you see support Ricky these days anymore, but probably not much. But Cloak and Dagger doesn't reveal. This has been one that people have been so annoyed with because nobody ever took it. You get to level 30 in some games, which I know you never get to this point, Cinder, but these low-level right. clubs like I play in, you get level 30 sometimes, and you're against Mega Creeps, and you literally <laughs> cannot defend because it skills that freaking shit and you can never aggro creeps. 
So instead of making it toggleable, they just deleted the talent. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> just wanted a toggleable. Uh, <laughs> that's a funny change, though. Yep. Maybe toggleable. Hundred twenty-five AOE. That's a lot. It, that it, smoke's I, real big. I tested. It is huge. I mean, smoke screen's already ridiculous. I mean, it was nerfed, I guess, at some point, but still really good. So yeah, those are the patches from this last week. I expect D and the rest of the alphabet to follow. Um, maybe we'll get to Z this time. And then what happens if you get past Z? Is it AA? Is it Z2? We'll just have to wait and see, guys. Wait and um, see. Wait and see. So we play Pushka League. We've been casting it, as you may, may know. This is why my schedule is so beyond effed up right now. Um, we've been casting a lot of uh, CIS, I want to say, for the most part. Tonight, we're actually casting yeah, Team Secret. Part. I think that's the first Tier 1 team we're casting, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, depend. Wait. So I I cast Nigma OG, but that was not with you, right? That one game. I cast Nigma versus somebody, and Nigma got destroyed. Oh, yeah, destroyed. we did cast Nigma, right? Like destroyed. Was that, was that they were real. OG? They got O2. It, I don't think it was OG, no. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This but, conversation anyway, is pointless. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so what have you been thinking about the, the game so far? Because I, I don't want to start off on a negative note, so you take the positive out of this. Right. I mean, there's been, there's been quite some positive surprises, honestly. Like Europe in the last while has been relatively set in like secret being the big dogs together with sometimes OG Nigma. Like there's been like this cycle of the top echelon in Europe. And then sometimes NIP would show up with the old NIP um, liquid would have their moments. So it's like for the most part, you knew who the top three would be most of the time. This time it's, pretty surprising because as the standings are right now OG are eliminated which a lot of people are very surprised by obviously they've had to play with stand-in uh, one or two because of regional difficulties right playing from Malaysia they have Thompson in Malaysia right now he's there with a girlfriend I believe um, mid one plays from Malaysia uh, Samuel is playing from NA so there's obviously they have some handicaps we don't mm -hmm. like that that should be acknowledged like regardless of what you think that is a big handicap um but outside of them so nigma or sorry og is not doing too hot nigma are currently as it stands going to get eliminated uh or not eliminated but last place rather um well okay let me try again so there's great. two types of elimination here this is a league so the bottom two teams get relegated to the lower division that's what i'm saying here with og and og seed currently in those spots Enigma are barely above that, so they would stay in Division 1, but they would not go to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That There we go. That's the correction. So the current top teams are Alliance in first place, uh, Team Liquid second, Secret third, and NIP, the new NIP fourth, which to me was a surprise. I did not think they would be doing as well as they've they are. They've been playing well. Uh, yeah. But they've been playing well. They've been playing good Dota. Um, so yeah, that's the current top four. Things can shift a little bit. Um but most notably, the the win loss ratios or win loss scores of the teams it's pretty close. Alliance are in first place with an eight five score, so nobody is like stomping. In in past leagues, sometimes you would have runs where secrets like twelve zero, 
or something like this. Really not the case nowadays. Like there's a lot of teams winning and losing games all the time, which is great. It means the competition is really fierce and close and that the games are exciting. Then CIS, which we mainly cast, uh, there is one team we have to talk about. Um, don't particularly want to uh, because it's not good news, but this obviously a lot, people, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, fans of Dendi uh, want him to do well. The bait team is just not doing well right now. No need to sugarcoat it. They're not playing well. They're not drafting well. There's no strong team identity. They're zero and ten. They're the only team in either league that has less than five wins, and they have zero. Everybody else has at least scraped five individual game wins. They have got nothing, and they have one series left, which projection says that they will go zero and twelve unless something drastically changes. They don't stand a chance at winning a game against these teams right now. Um, yeah, so I, that's sad to see. Um, I don't really want to harp on it, but down. I will just briefly. Just I'm trying to. I am trying to sugarcoat this, by the way. Unlike you, um, it's going to come off worse than yours, though. I'm sure. Uh, again, big dandy fan. The team has looked. This is we've cast three of their series, mm-hmm. so I, I can't look at as a whole. You said they watched. They've lost ten games, so we've we've cast six of them. Yeah. Um, it is literally the poorest performing team I have ever seen play in a professional match in my entire life. Like it's, it's literally like watching a pub stomp. It has been really bad. So hopefully they can get their shit together. Um, where. Where is Steve located? Is he in Europe right now? Yeah, he's probably in Sweden. I think so. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. He doesn't live in the U.S. I thought he lived in the U.S. for some reason. No. Uh, but yeah, they've looked. Steve big, being atrocious. Excalibur, of course. Yes, sorry, Excalibur. Just for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully they pick things up. But uh, I'm assuming some changes will probably come after this. I event. mean, they already have, right? Because half two yeah. of their players don't play in the roster: King R and Ghostic just kind of disappear there's no official statement about it as far as i'm aware uh originally king r couldn't play the first series or something so they had a stand-in for him and i think ghost Stick was playing and then the next series he wasn't so i'm assuming like they're just making changes and they're just not announced yet uh, and they've been trying with ssa spartan and skylark standing in two of the players from the x ad finum team that got second at the boston major and they have just not looked good man they just haven't but on a more positive note for CIS, let's let's move on. VPP, uh, they look good. VP Prodigy, I had high hopes for going in. I thought they were going to be really good, maybe the second best team in CIS right now behind VP. As a matter of fact, they're ahead of them by quite a bit right now in the league. Similar to in Europe where a team like Nigma or Secret are not destroying right now, or OG. Virtus Pro, who's usually the big dog in CIS, are currently in fourth with a scoreline of 6-5. to five. So likely to make the playoffs barely, but they are behind teams such as Hellraisers, who have been really good, VP Prodigy, who have also been really good, and Navi, who have also looked solid, which was a team that was really on a downward trajectory, but Navi has kind of picked it up again. Uh, other two teams, outside of Bait, obviously, <clears throat> Fly to Moon and Team Spirit, none of the teams in this region have looked bad, except Bait. Uh, it's been really close. Team Spirit have a scoreline of 1-4, to four, but they're Games are five eight, uh, kind of. It's actually the exact same as OG, but I would say relative to their region, they've been performing better. They've just mm-hmm. lost a lot of close series or games that they could have won. Uh, whereas for OG, I think a lot of their games were relatively stompy that they lost actually until they played against Nigma and totally trashed them the other day. Like they just magically figured out the patch just too late. <laughs> um, it was fun to see. They just completely rolled them. Like it wasn't even close. 
Um, but yeah, that's it for uh, for this for now. And obviously, when we get into the playoffs, it will be merged. So CIS and Europe will start playing against each other. Uh, the top eight teams will be playing for the playoffs, which will be double elimination, uh, starting with everybody in the upper bracket quarterfinals. But yeah, we're kind of seeing like the league structure take place, right? Yeah. Uh, after all these events have canceled, which is great since you get a lot more content. Uh, unfortunately for me, like just on a personal note, Cinderin, uh, yeah. I think European Dota in general is the hardest for me to cast time-wise. Like China is amazing yeah. for me. That starts at like 9 p.m. You know, I'm up late. Mm-hmm. NA is actually a little bit harder than China for me because it's like 10 a.m., but past that, it's fine. I'm a late riser. EU is brutal, yeah. man. Holy shit. I've had to change my entire schedule, but it's been fun uh, yeah. sitting in the dark all day. But uh, <laughs> moving on. Bringing back memories of doing DAC together, right? We already had the graveyard shift. We would get up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I was like deathly ill as well. I was just so disgustingly sick at that time. Imagine if that happened Mm. now. They would have sent me home. Wouldn't have been able to work. Um, Okay, anyway, Path of Guardians, Cindern, has been released. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I know. We came out with a bunch of videos. Uh, Of course, this is the custom game that we've been talking about for weeks now, months, (laughs) almost a year, in fact. I think it's been like nine months of development overall. We've had a peak of 1,500 players so far, which is excellent. Uh, I didn't. People were asking me, "Are you surprised? Are you happy with the results?" Blah blah blah. I, I'm happy with like the feedback. I actually what, I didn't know what to expect in terms of player base, so I, it's like it's not a good or a bad thing. I'm like, oh yeah, this is nice. Um, the nicest messages that I've gotten are people that uh, have not played Dota in a while that have messaged me back saying, "Thank you for making this mode." It's been a lot of fun to just get back into Dota again, even though I don't know what's going on for some of the skills that have changed and whatnot, which was, you know, the original reason for making the mod, uh, which is nice. We have yet to introduce to China, which is the biggest player base <laughs> for custom games. Yeah. I don't even know how to do that, to be perfectly honest, but we're waiting for some fixes to the mod first uh, before we look into that. Um, but the thing I was surprised with, Cinderin, uh, which I know you've played a bit, Mm-hmm. I, I've been watching, obviously, Bulldog and Gork played a lot and Monkeys Forever with like Gunner and all those guys. So apparently, there have been a lot of pros playing as a warm-up for their matches. I think that's really fucking cool. It's not something that oh, occurred yeah. to me. And the reason that it works, other than like the, you know, some of the different stuff in the game, like neutral items and whatnot that you can buy, it's a good way to warm up mechanically. Right, because you get into like within five minutes, you get into more late game scenarios with your spells, your items, and whatnot. So it's an accelerated game mode in that sense. Yeah. But it never really occurred to me that they could use it as a way to practice for matches, which I thought was really fucking cool. And it does feel like so. What pros used to do in the past uh, was when they needed a quick warm up, they would play Overthrow. But yeah. I think the edge that this game has on Overthrow is that it's a bit more Dota like. So Overthrow is kind of. I mean, yeah, you press a lot of buttons, but in essence, it's way more chaotic and random. Whereas this is a bit more, I would say, this is a bit more calculated as well. Like, you know, you're assessing what items the opponents have. It's 3v3. It's in one area where you're casting your spells, you're moving your hero correctly. Stuff like this. So I think for warm-up, this is excellent. And outside of that, it's also just something new, right? Which is great. Like, new, new is fun if the map's good. And it's it's great. Like... 
Uh, I've been playing a good amount of games. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think from a streamer perspective, um, obviously, the thing that's really great about this is that it's really easy to jump into if you don't really want to play another full game of Dota. It's fast. It's entertaining for people to watch. You have a very, you have a very how to say, um, defined game time, which is something Dota has never really had. Because what is it? At 20 minutes, both teams get mega creeps, regardless yeah. of what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So no game, every game I've played has been over before 20 minutes. As but usual I know that I know that if it goes late... It will never be more than half an hour. Yeah, so if, you I go know... to, if you go to pathofguardians.com, there's actually a match history. So you can look at, you can't go mm -hmm. too far back. You can just see like the recent games. You can see all the times. So the thing that I keep bringing up um, that is when I get into a game of Dota and I'm like, again, I am not okay with the idea of conceding anymore, even though I used to be, because I know most people would abuse it, right? Mm -hmm. But in my entire history, there's maybe been one game where I was wrong about in this scenario, but it, like say 15 minutes, I'm getting pub stomped. The game is actually just over. Like there's nothing we can do. The game is just, sometimes it just happens. But then I'm still waiting until minute 40, 45 for them to finish the game. It's really annoying, right? Mm -hmm. This game, yes, there's some heroes that are better than others right now, which we'll get to in a moment. But if it's a mega stomp, it lasts literally like nine minutes. If they're taking their time, it's like 11 minutes. That's so much better for me uh, when I inevitably right. get pub stomped. So I think that's a big quality of life change that I personally for sure. have enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, for me, for, for streaming, just as a side note as well, is uh, it's really good for something to do with your like subscribers or for in-house stuff or playing with friends because you need six players. Uh, like I said, the time limitation makes it really easy and quick. And I find it... Uh, I find it to be less of a problem if there's a big difference in player skill. I think in Dota, it gets highlighted way more if a player is 2,000 MMR higher. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter in Path of Guardians. Of course it does. It's still the same game. But mm. a big part of the skill in Dota uh, that takes years to learn and really separates separates the, the good players from the great players is macro stuff that doesn't matter in this game like playing the map correctly playing teleports correctly understanding timings this game there's shit happening all the time and it's how good are you at pressing your buttons and clicking enemy teams items like that's it like there's not much the strategic diversity is do you go and kill one of the two roshans or not uh do you hit a single jungle camp for a little bit of efficiency do you get the rune but it's not like like the complexity is very much narrowed down, which is a good thing for this kind of map. I've actually um, been surprised so that pro players, like when I watch pro players, they go kill the neutral camps. I'm like, why are they doing that? Actually, it doesn't matter <laughs> that much because the literal only reason there's neutral camps in there is because the heroes like Doom, so they can actually play the game and like and, Chen. And Chen, Chen. Yeah. Um, and Chen to a degree, I suppose, but not as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty cool to see the the feedback and all that good stuff. Um, kind of in the honeymoon phase right now, of course should mention it's an open beta so there are bugs that we're trying to fix uh the hardest thing for me and the entire thing has been a learning experience uh everything in life is a learning experience cinder and i don't know if you know that but yeah if somebody yeah. thinks they have it all figured out they're wrong uh the hardest thing for us though is getting the thing i'm a little bit surprised by is getting people to the website because the first time like for example you you mm -hmm. went to the website for the first time and you saw that we had a full battle pass, daily quest, achievement system. Like it's actually very uh, fine-tuned, I guess is, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
It's very good, Cinder. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great it's, word. It's robust. Robust. That's what I was looking for. It's okay. more robust than people are uh, have, were expecting. But it's still more it's really good. I was reason. very positively impressed with that page. I didn't I didn't even know you were gonna have all this stuff implemented. And then when I saw it and tried it out, it's actually it's really good. That's why um, it took so long to make that. It's kind <laughs> of reminding to an extent, it's reminding me a bit of it's reminding me a bit of TI. I mean, obviously, I mean, a battle pass is a battle pass, right? But I think it shares more similarities in a way with uh, with TI's battle pass than other battle passes I'm familiar with. Maybe that's the wrong assessment. But like the way chests work, uh, the kind of drops you can get, the way leveling up works, the fact that you can get levels in a similar way to TI uh, to level up your battle pass and everything. It seems like which is a good thing because it means it's familiar to Dota's players. So mm-hmm. if they just go there and look at it, it will be relatively intuitive how things work and what you do and why, because you have some sort of interactive experience with the TI battle pass. Uh, but like you said, maybe you need to, I'm not sure what what to do here, if you need to more aggressively market it on the loading screen or yeah, inside the, the game itself, like advertise it in the game. Um Obviously, you have a lot of power when it's your own map. You could even put it on the map. You know, you could just put the link in the center of the river. Hey, we're looking for sponsors. Uh, you can put your logo <laughs> in the fountain. Only a hundred thousand dollars a year. Thank you. Um, uh, I don't even. I don't think it would be intrusive if the fountain had pathofguardians.com on the floor. Yeah, I don't think that would be that bad. Like people would see it, and it, I mean, the game is advertising itself, right? That's not very intrusive. I think. <laughs> If you place it like that, I, that's I, I'm not even kidding. I would actually sell a sponsor for the fountain. I don't give a shit. That's fine. That's not. I don't think that's intrusive at all. Um, no. But maybe people feel differently. But yeah, you're right. The battle pass is very similar to the way TI works. Uh, you get the effects forever. So if we have another season, whatever you've unlocked, you will keep forever. That's not 100% clear on the website right now. The daily quests and achievements are actually very similar to Underlords. We took basically the exact same system. So mm. achievements unlock uh, one star, two star, three star. Uh, daily quests you can reroll and all that stuff so i think to wrap up the path of guardians talk this podcast i'm going to talk about maybe the most frequently asked questions that uh, need to be cleared up to a degree um because again like if we post on twitter there's still a lot of people that never (laughs) look at the twitter based on the likes and all that stuff uh so levers levers are a big problem in the game mode uh and that is because we disabled lever protection and the reason we did that is because the game is not 100% stable for a lot of people. So when we originally released it for the first couple hours, people were uh, sending us images how they were getting stuck in the pick screen. Then they'd have to manually quit out and then it abandoned them. And as a, when you abandon, you actually cannot play any Dota on like official servers for an hour. That's obviously a huge problem. So we had to disable that. Uh, we've fixed a lot of the crashing issues and a lot of the issues that were not crashing. I guess there's a few people, but mostly people getting stuck in the pick screen. Mm-hmm. Um, more fixes are coming in the next patch. But essentially what I'm trying to say is we cannot turn that levers thing on until we fix the crashing first. So hopefully in the next couple of days we'll be able to do that, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> this one is more funny. <laughs> I've been getting some uh, messages about how much people... It's I think it's the minority, I hope. Mm-hmm. How many people hate the voice announcer pack right now, which is me, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> they absolutely hate it. And I understand. Of course, you can turn it down in your options. There is an option for that in the voice. 
but something that we did to alleviate some of it, Cinder. And the most annoying lines right now are idle lines. So mm -hmm. we made that much more rare. I think they were playing like nine, ten times a game. Now they're playing like once, twice, sometimes three times a game. In addition, I believe in tomorrow's update, uh, I'll be implementing more voice lines to vary it up a bit. So you're not going to hear the exact same thing every time. So hopefully that right. helps. But something that I want to do, Cinder, and including you, I want you to be involved at some point. Uh, we want announcer packs to be made for community members. So they'd lend us their voice, they do a bunch of lines, and then people can use that announcer pack instead of the default one. They'd pay money for it in this case, and that community member would get a high percentage of the money uh, that is made, which I think I really like that idea. And another thing we're going to add, which might come a little bit later, is if you've never played Heroes of New Earth Cinder and the way that announcer packs pop up, they're very flashy on the screen. Mm -hmm. That is fucking happening. I will 100%. If that's the last thing I do, it's going to be done. Uh, um, okay, so why is your voice pack not toggleable? Because there's no alternative. That's why. Right now. Oh, you can't. We had to delete the regular announcer because it overrides the current one. I see. Okay. So... We are in talks with somebody to maybe make a quick announcer pack that we can use to talk to for the people. I have gotten messages like they will literally not play because the announcer pack is <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not going to lie. I sympathize to a degree, but at the same time, when I see that, I just can't stop laughing. It's fucking hilarious. But anyway, uh, we also got questions about MMR. Because I mean, you also MMR... got a lot of positive feedback, right? Some yes. people love it. Most. So from what I know. can tell, most people are fine with it. Um, but the MMR is shown on the website right now. Don't worry about that. It's just a number. It's actually going to get reset. But a lot of people have been asking about competitive mode, Cinderin, which I didn't think people would care that much about this early. But something we're going to end up doing, because uh, again, there's only so much control that you have in custom games. So we're going to have to put something on our website to match people up in a certain MMR range. And then they mm -hmm. can find private lobbies that way. So that might take a bit to do, but that is on the list. Um, but before we do that, the MMR will be reset. So... Don't worry about the MMR number right now. Uh, and then the last question that people have been asking, and of course it's the most prevalent one, will we be rebalancing heroes? So it's not like we didn't think about rebalancing heroes. We know that some heroes are god tier. Underlord has the highest win rate by far right now, so ban him. Oh. Uh, one thing we did implement in the time being to help alleviate this is everybody gets two bans now, guaranteed. So that's 12 heroes you can remove from the pool, which I think is a huge help. But I want to talk about the cons of balancing heroes real quick. Because I think a lot of people have these knee-jerk reactions to certain heroes being OP. Like, first of all, I've had a ton of messages sent in about literally maybe, I'm gonna, I don't want to exaggerate, 30 to 35 different heroes people are saying are super overpowered. And my right. response to that is, that's fucking great. That's what makes the game fun. If there's that many heroes are overpowered, that's fine. Um, but the cons right now to balancing every hero are, number one, when you get updates from Dota 2, it can break those heroes because we're changing them. Yep. Not everyone will be happy with the balance, so there's going to be more stress on us to keep that, uh, that the majority happy. It's obviously time-consuming and all that good stuff. And then the original reason we made the mod is because we wanted to cater to new players. And if you're changing the abilities, you're not catering to new players. <coughs> yeah. But having said that, <coughs> you okay there, Jesus. Cinderin? Having said that, mm. Cinderin. There we go. We, if the community wants it, after we've gone through this phase of fixing the bugs that are in the game, 
if the community wants it, we will tweak some heroes for sure, if that's what they want. Won't right. be anything major. Like I think Underlord will probably still be good if we tweak him, but the thing I'm debating from your perspective is, let's say after you have a sample of a lot of games that one hero has an absurd high win rate is it better to nerf it or just remove it from the mode like that's what i'm thinking because i think once you go down the path of rebalancing heroes the path of guardians (laughs) you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself because what always happens with games like this or dota is that when you start balancing something something else becomes the new broken, right? Like if, let's say Underlord has the highest win rate, you nerf Underlord, now he doesn't have the highest win rate anymore. Well, then one of the other heroes that had, say, 55% win rate now has 56 because now it's not playing against Underlord that it was losing to before. So now that hero is broken, and then that hero is broken, and that one, and that one. So maybe, like, I know the outcome is going to be the same with what I just said, like whether you nerf Underlord or remove him from the mode, but I just think, like, for simplicity's sake and for, like, the workload and the, what you put on yourself, it might just be easier to say, like, there's a subset of heroes that in this kind of gameplay are just too good. Like, mm-hmm. and then we'll let the rest handle itself. But I don't, I don't know if... Um, the other thing is people's... People are probably wrong, like, a lot of the time. Like, that's usually how it is. Knee-jerk right? like, reaction is, is very common, yes. Give it time. Like, people need to figure out, okay, Underlord is broken. Well, maybe when you play against Underlord, you need to buy different items. You need to pick a different kind of hero than you usually would. You need to maybe focus more on getting Roche because maybe Underlord is bad in the Roche fight, but good in the middle. You know, like, there's so much you can, like, figure out to do in the game that can switch things up a little bit. And Underlord is not good against every hero in Dota because he's not a really popular pick in Dota. So obviously there's something you can do that you can probably, to a large extent, translate into this map if you if you do it right. Um, the yeah. largest issue is obviously, let's say Underlord is good against 80% of the pool. Let's say that, to make it simple. Then is the other team being offered heroes that could beat him? And it's blind pick anyway, so you don't even know that you're facing him when you right. pick. Right, blind heroes, pick, right? all random. Makes it harder. Again, you get 12 bands. So you, and I, I was thinking maybe like the highest win rate heroes, we put a little icon indicator to show them in the band screen. That's so a great idea. People just ban so. those heroes every time. Yeah, and then that people an can option. choose. That's also right. great. Because then you can be like, I want to play Underlord or I want to play against Underlord this game. So I know it's really yeah. good, but I have a plan that I want to try. I think giving players agency like that is better than forcing yourself to rebalance everything. So either give them the full agency of controlling it themselves or flat out say this hero is not a part of the game. I think to me those are better than starting going down the path of rebalancing yeah, everything. That's really difficult. I mean, we've definitely thought about deleting heroes. I don't think that's something we want to do though. Um, I don't like it either. I like I think in order, I like the player agency the most where you make it clear that some heroes are good and then the players can choose if they want to deal with it or not right. for the game. And it's, uh, I mean, first and foremost, the game is casual, right? It's not yes. supposed it is casual. to be super. Well, that's the thing. Like, we're not trying to make it balanced. If, I understand that some heroes are way too overpowered. That is definitely a thing. But again, it's not like Chen is going to get a buff anytime soon, guys. That's not happening. He's going to suck in this mode, and that's okay. Um, but one thing I did want to mention... The picks, the band screen will be getting reworked at some point. I know it's kind of difficult to find heroes. Uh, oh it's yes, take a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. So actually, it's it's not as unintuitive as you think, but on first look, it is. If you don't know what it looks like, it's thrown in with a shovel. I've so played. Look, I, I don't know how many games I've played. I can't <laughs> find heroes. I, so I look at okay. Just think of it this way: it's two pages. Look at two pages, right, left mm-hmm. and right. 
it's ABC on the left and it continues on to the right. So once you know that, it becomes more, uh, becomes a little easier. Now, there are a couple of heroes that use the code names, like Abyssal Underlord, he's on the top. There's not many like that. But if you remember, ABC left side continues on to the right side, or left side into the right side, right side. I mean, I get it, but then it being split in two sides is just counterintuitive. Then it gets confusing because yes. you're like, okay, what's on the left, what's on the right, if it's just Again, the alphabet. it will be changed, but yeah. any, any type of like visual stuff using panorama mm -hmm. takes a long time for us at least right to change okay. so that's gonna have to wait i mean i don't know how hard it is i just know i, I can't but find heroes you were talking so. about knee-jerk reaction and i do want to mention mm -hmm. one quick thing before we move on uh i've gotten a lot of messages about obviously neutral items are very powerful so mm -hmm. some of them were underpriced that's the way that we want to balance things is increase the price for the most part uh what was the item timeless relic was stacking on itself so we removed it <laughs> And we'll be putting it back in once we fix that. That's not intended. Right. But anything else, like uh, Mirror Shield, it was just an oversight by me. It was way too cheap. Now it's went from 5,000 gold to like 7,500. It's not like, I don't think it's mega OP. It's really good, though. It has an eight-second cooldown. You play around it, just like anything in Dota. So stuff can like that you, will change. Yes? Can you not have a neutral item slot in custom games? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you just, can. We, we removed it. How come? Because we wanted people to be able to stack neutral items. Right. I mean, you could still do that, but just allow a neutral item slot as right. well. Then it so ends up being seven inventory. slots. It was yeah. a discussion that we had. We decided not to do okay. that. I wanted to keep it just okay. easier for newer players. But uh, the last thing, the funniest one for me is, and I've gotten some... Ang I get, keep in mind, these are not like nice messages. <laughs> Very mm -hmm. angry messages uh, about, what is it called? The pirate hat being too good for the price. And okay. I am just laughing because look at this. Let me compare this with you, okay? Yeah. Keep in mind, Pirate Hat was nerfed a while back. It provides 150 attack speed. And you get you steal 300 gold if you get a hero kill for right. 5,000 gold, okay? Now, for 4,000 gold, 1,000 less, you get 140 attack speed, which is 10 less than Pirate Hat on Moonshard. And instead of the gold thing, which, again, is irrelevant in this mode because you're making a shit ton of money anyway, you get night vision. Moonshard is actually better than fucking Pirate Hat. And it's a thousand less. Pirate Hat is garbage. It's funny to get. Yes, I, I buy it still sometimes, but I know it's, a, it's an inefficient purchase. It's actually horrible. Uh, but that, that one I find the funniest. Because that, then I can just but ignore the feedback when it comes to that, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing that's interesting about it. Really shows something about it, right? Like how now, now that you're in this position, it's not the first time you've got like a lot of feedback on something you've made. But it's it's always a really big challenge for anything you make where you open up for feedback to really like filter it. It's like half the work. <laughs> yeah, half the work of getting feedback is figuring out what feedback actually is useful, and then the other half is implementing it. But like you need to dig through a lot of stuff where you need to like question yourself and be like, is this guy right? And a lot of the time they're not and sometimes they are. But the fact is, if a lot of people think this item is overpowered, I don't actually know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it's just a shame. It's a shame well, that I mean, I think the think thing that more. people maybe don't realize is we did a <laughs> shit ton of internal testing. Not saying we're going to be right about everything, but things like not having a courier and right. fountain regening at 50%. It's not like we didn't test them, okay? Mm -hmm. Games were super stompy when those were enabled. So these are design choices. I think it just makes a more balanced mode. 
Um, but yeah, it's going to feel bad occasionally going back to fountain, and it should, because if it's based on ARAM. In ARAM, you literally need to suicide before you can get back to base and buy your items. So it's not that extreme. Anyway, let's move on, Cinderin. That is Path of Guardians. <clears throat> uh, finishing up on some Dota stuff, Eternal Envy has now entered the fray again. <laughs> uh, he is on Business Associates. So Business Associates now has Moo, Envy, Brax, Snaking, and Fear. On paper, means... this lineup mm -hmm. is really good. But will they be good? <laughs> Snaking replaced Moose, Moose on yeah. position four. And then nine supposedly is taking a break from competitive Dota. That was their wording, at least. Yeah. And Envy is replacing him in the team. So, yeah. Full NA team now. Beforehand, they had a South American player and a German player. Now all of them are from US or Canada. So logistically, this is easier. It's easier time zone wise. It's easier once this whole shit is over for them to get together and get something, uh, get something done on LAN. Uh, as far as the players go and as far as the strength of this team, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been paying too much attention to NA. Uh, I, I would say in general, the region has been a bit in, in decline. Um, there might be something good happening right now. Supposedly, Gunner's team is starting to look better. Uh, the four Zoomers team. So it's them, Quincy Crew, and EG that are like the biggest three. And then I think Business Associates are like behind them as like the fourth best I mean, team. If they're right? practicing something with like Pog, then you know they're going to be good. They're going to be warmed yeah, up for their matches. They got to be. They got to be good. Do you think this yeah. team is going to be good though? It's all. It feels like always mm. just a 50-50 with NB. Right? I mean, he's I had think... a lot of bad teams lately, so he's due. I think in terms of potential, I see more, how to say, synergy in this team than in the previous one in terms of like personalities and play styles and location. Like there's some things here that uh, could be really good because of that. Um, I mean, what yeah, I'll I mean, say, and I know a, a lot of these a players, game, like right Brax now. and Moo and Fear are kind of the quiet types. Brax probably talks more than the other two. Uh, Snake King, I actually don't know that much about. But he's vocal. He's, so he's is vocal. Envy. And then Envy, yeah. obviously, we know. I, if I had to look at this roster, I'd say, other than Envy, the other four, I'm pretty confident in, actually. I think they're going to be really good. <clears throat> it's just up to Envy <laughs> whether uh, he's going to destroy the chemistry or not. I hate to say it that way, but it feels like that's just been a recurring thing in his career. Um, but it's a good point about the the voice in the team. And you think about the previous team, you had Moose and Nine, who maybe aren't the most vocal players either. I don't know Moose very well, but I think Nine is not uh, not necessarily one of the most calling players in the game. So maybe that was part of the problem that they had beforehand was that their team was just too quiet overall. Uh, it's a bit of speculation. We don't know if Fear has stepped up in this role now that he's playing support that he's calling a lot more and is a lot more vocal. It's just our... Maybe yeah, read on true. how we know him in person, right? And there's not necessarily a direct correlation between those two things at all. Um, but I think for this team, getting a bit more voice is probably a good thing. And yeah, if you want more voice, Envy is definitely a pick, and so is Snaking. So uh, I believe they will have a lot more opinions, a lot more ideas, a lot more calling, and for better or worse, right? Sometimes the ideas clash and it gets bad. Sometimes they align and it gets really good. And mm -hmm. just going to have to wait and see. Um, Indeed. Okay, so a couple non-Dota-related stuff. Uh, we talked about the drop system in Valorant and how it was ruining the Twitch section entirely. Uh, Twitch came out with a tweet saying, We've heard concerns about creators continuously streaming VODs while tagging the channel as live to farm Valorant drops. 
This harms the integrity of our drop program, so we've updated our community guidelines to clarify that cheating any Twitch rewards system is prohibited. Uh, I didn't look at... I heard that the actual guidelines are very vague, which obviously favors Twitch to a high degree, but mm -hmm. obviously was needed, so that's good to see. Yeah. Um, what we talked about last time, it's the easiest solution, right? It's just saying that <clears throat> if you're not actually streaming live, you can't market live. Right. I don't know if that's what they ended up doing here, because this wording doesn't necessarily sound like that, but anything that makes this a bad thing is good. So, yeah, happy with that. Uh, and then the last thing, which I find hilarious, considering <laughs> the time we talked about Valorant and how it would affect CSGO and Overwatch... And my opinion was it would affect Overwatch more than Counter-Strike. Uh, apparently, the and I, I had to look this up because I didn't know any, any of the names, but there's a player named Sinatra, who was mm -hmm. the MVP of the last Overwatch League, is just the best player, apparently, uh, by far the most famous. He is switching to Valorant, and I believe the response from Overwatch was something like trying to save face, because they were actually in the middle of making a skin for him, I was told. To put into Overwatch. <laughs> but their response was, oh, it makes sense. He's already achieved everything he can achieve. Good luck to him, blah, blah, blah. But I just, <laughs> I just found it so funny that the literal best Overwatch player is switching to Valorant. Um, Before any tournaments are even announced, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not even a competitive scene yet. Yeah. I mean, they, they know he knows that there will be, so it's not like it's a question yeah. mark. Oh, you got to wonder how much he was paid, right? Uh, I mean, maybe. Do, do you think he didn't... wasn't paid anything? Do you think he's just doing it because he loves the game and wants to play something else? I mean, okay, look at it this way. It's like a it's like a godsend for Valorant. If players that are like the best in their respective game just are like, oh, I like Valorant. Let me just play that. Like, okay, really? so you bring up... I mean, I'm not saying they weren't paid. There's no way to know, right? It's possible. But let's just... Look on the outside and just assume he did not for a moment. Okay. Again, I'm a big Overwatch. That player. is, this is the guy quite that played... the assumption when you're the best player in your game. That is. Yeah, but what if you hate the game? What if he hates it? Is that I enough mean, to switch? He has confidence. I guess that he'll Blizzard be good? wouldn't have written that in their announcement. <laughs> He's well, switching because he hates Overwatch. <laughs> good luck in Valorant. <laughs> Overwatch Two coming out soon, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe you're right. It does sound like a riot thing to do in theory. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell you. Since I don't know, it's only speculation. It just looks kind of okay. Like, it's, look at it Overwatch this way. is not a okay. Overwatch has not is not a dead game, and it does not have an unfunded scene. If you are the best in Overwatch, there's good money. There's good. Like we've we had Slasher on beforehand on our podcasts, talking quite a lot about Overwatch and like some misconceptions that people have about it. The league, in terms of money, is thriving. The viewership is not as high as it has been, and it's probably declining a little bit, but the investors don't really care. So assuming that there's all this money in the scene, you would think that the best player in the world in it is getting a pretty good chunk of that. So Possible. I would assume he's making pretty good money in Overwatch. Maybe he's not like becoming a multimillionaire, but I would say there's a good chance he okay, definitely gonna, has a sustainable life. I'm going to say this pretty that. confidently, so, even though I don't know what I'm talking about, Sindern, but being around the scene for so long, I feel like I can make assumptions like this. I think he makes more money on sponsorships than anything else. And like, you think he I, 
just can just drag them with him to Valorant with no cost. I mean, possibly. Maybe there's some okay. conflict. I don't know. It's tough to yeah, say. I don't, but, I don't know. But I want to bring up another scenario here. Let's say it's a Dota player. Let's say Jerax, for example. He retired. We've had mm-hmm. tons of players that retire after winning big tournaments. Uh, this is right. He won two TIs in a row, and he's retired because he doesn't feel like playing anymore. This could be a similar thing. Like, Is it that crazy it to go from one game to another just no. because you want to? Absolutely not out of the question. But usually when you go from one game to another game, there is... Especially a competitor. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no... I, this would be equivalent to saying, him going... Jarek's from going for Dota is, the League, right? Right. Um, except not really, because the game that he would be moving to would be way more established and way more like clear okay. what is happening. This is If you look at it this way, you have... What would be a good comparison to this? You're like, you have a really well-paid job uh, that you're working, and then there's this new competitor that opens up down the street and you're like man this could be an adventure or like i have no idea how this is going to go you go there you work there either it becomes amazing or the company just folds after a year and you don't know you need to be really motivated for something else to give up something that good right and Mm -hmm. i'm saying that with the perspective if he is the best player in a game like overwatch again i think he's making really good money we have to assume that Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think that's that's a fair assessment considering all of those things it and especially like if you think about what where esports is going, right? With like both streaming, where big streamers get bought for big money to go to Mixer, uh, Riot having this like iron grip on the way they've funded League of Legends. I think they have an understanding of how much value profiles has for the draw to games. So I wouldn't say it would be surprising if Riot paid good money to get. So we'll um, see if they pay good really money good for a end. tier one Counter Strike player, because I don't see Counter Strike players that are there. tier one moving. Tier two, sure, I can see that. But the the thing you're not mentioning is it's not like your analogy is a little off because it's not like it's a blind choice where you don't know what's going to happen. Valorant will be very successful. I think that's pretty much set in stone. Unless Riot like fucks things up entirely. The game is, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's subjective to a degree. A lot of people don't like the art style, but again. Most people do like the art style if you play League of Legends. I don't like the art style, but I still... The gameplay is very good. It's crisp. It's Counter-Strike with some Overwatchy right. shit in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a successful game. Yeah, I, and, I, I agree. I think my analogy was a little bit too pessimistic about this game. Like, it's not, it's not a full-on gamble. But I think the still, thing that still holds up is how much guaranteed return on investment do you have compared to your current job, right? Yes. Uh, he could end up putting a lot of time into this. He loves the game. Uh, he knows that he's the best in the other game. You know, we've talked about it enough. I'm just, I'm kind of curious because when something like this happens, it really stands out to me that if big names in both Fortnite and Overwatch make the switch and it's kind of happening somewhat simultaneously, it does seem like there's, you know, some sort of overarching narrative mm-hmm. that's not being told. Yeah. And I'm I'm not making it out to be anything shady. There's nothing wrong with Riot approaching players and being like, hey, do you want to play our game? We have a lot of money. We want you to play our game. It's good for our game. It's good for you, you know? We like, have lots of money. Give your money. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if if you if you want to make your game successful, I don't think it's dirty tactics or anything like that. So I'm not trying to paint Riot in a negative light here. It's just really interesting. To me, it's interesting if something like this is happening because I would say for the most part in esports, that's relatively unprecedented that you start buying players from other games. Like usually the game draws in players and some of them become mm-hmm. pros. Uh, I don't know. Is there something familiar to you with this where 
where a game has bought players from other games if that is the case here i mean i'm I, sure I it's happened it, but i but. nothing on this scale like this is a literal best overwatch player right so I think yeah, the, the Twitch good. and Mixer thing is a great example, though. That's pretty much exactly what it could be. Uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, Patreon, Patreon mailbag, Cinderman. Uh, we got a question from the Red Seal. If you guys are still thinking about deep questions discussed at the end of the episode, here is the one being featured in the Great American Think Off this year. Which is more important, to win or to play by the rules? I think you and I will have very similar answers here. <laughs> uh, what do you think, buddy? So this is basically an ethics question, right? Yes. I will always say the most important thing is to play by the rules. And I know yes. maybe it's a lame answer. It is a lame, people want. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem is, if I think of myself and going into anything, I feel like if I didn't play by the rules and won, then I didn't win anyway. I wouldn't be able to justify to myself winning by cheating in any way. I would just feel like it was dishonest and I didn't actually win. So let's um, let's so let's make this really a little bit more simple. specific, okay? Let's say cheating yeah. in like the actual act of cheating is not part of this question, okay? Bending the rules, that's as far as you go. So the reason I bring that up is because I think of players like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, these people that have like this mentality where win at all costs. Like it doesn't matter. You can make enemies with literally everybody as long as you win. Like that mentality. Mm. And I can respect that and I again, I've been watching the the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary still. It's fucking amazing. Six episodes in. Uh, just to see that mindset in like documentary style or whatever. But mm-hmm. I've never been like that. I've never been that competitive that I'm ready to make enemies just to win. I think playing by the rules is it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's the ethical thing to do. And bending the rules, like you said, I, I just Can you give a concrete example of bending the rules not being cheating? Um, just mention something. Ooh, now you're putting me on the spot. I mean, cheating, that's pretty simple, right? Obviously, right. Like in Dota, you so, just literally be cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say bending the rules. Okay, what about the... This is not a great example, but like the DPC rules that they've had to change over the years, people taking right. advantage of like the region stuff to make sure mm-hmm. that they can qualify for TI. I think that's a bit... But they're on, playing by a the bit rules, of a gray though. area. Well, before the rules were more vague... Right, they weren't specific, and then they ended up changing the rules because they weren't specific enough. Right. Uh, another thing is the copyright thing with restreaming people. Uh, what was that thing? The noob from UA stuff. You know how he just takes people's streams and just doesn't do anything with them, doesn't transform them in any way, and just puts them on his channel. Things like that. Right. I think technically not against the rules for Dota, but okay. they've had to make more specific rules to make it work. Right. Uh, I mean, those are just two random examples. Um, oh, somebody's actually bringing up a great point. Fountain hooking. Okay. The Navi fountain hook. Yeah, but the thing is, that was not against the rules. And the reason it wasn't right. was that Valve specifically said, okay, so this is actually, this is a really good point because this is a gray area. Let's say you go to TI and Valve specifically says, and they've said this at TI, uh, they say, if it's in the game, you can use it. That's mm-hmm. been what they've been saying. So... Fountain hooking, weird spell interactions, whatever it is, uh, has been allowed. So Navi did nothing wrong, let me clarify that, by fountain hooking. It was, it was known, everybody knew it, Valve knew it, nobody changed it, aka it was considered a valid strategy. There was nothing dodgy about what they did at all. Um, 
the thing where it can be a little bit tricky and can be a little bit of a gray zone, let's say I discover the night before a match that I can create gold somehow. Mm-hmm. Like I can it's double my passive region. It's, it's in, in the, the game. game. I found an exploit, basically. <clears throat> Am I playing by the rules then? Like, where do you draw the line? I think so, that's where it's difficult. And it's difficult it to is make a, a flat area. out rule set for it, right? It's true. There's a huge like, gray area. If I area. figured out that I could make Naga illusions and sell their items, if I do that in a match, it will be remade, right? Because it's yeah. just like the game is broken. Well, I it's think with the fountain hooking, then, that was... But. That was known that that was possible to do for quite a while before that tournament, yeah. though, right? So that's it not like it was ages. anything new. No, no, no. So no surprise whatsoever. Everybody so yeah. knew it. People thought it wasn't good enough. And then when so, it won a game, people were like, ah, it's so broken. Like, well, it was an it important was game. I mean, like, people were playing but, it in pubs for lulls, you know? Like, when you ask, we had it for months. When you ask what is more important to win or play by the rules, it's obviously not black and white because there is a gray yeah. area. But if I had to err on one side, it would be to play by the rules. Always. Uh, and I'm sure Absolutely. you'd no be the same. So. Yeah. I said a lot of it's up for interpretation. But yeah, that is the end of this episode, Cinderin. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Now, of course, the question that everybody's been waiting for, have you gotten your Valorant key yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me check. Let's see. All right, I'm putting it up right now. <laughs> Poor Cinderin still doesn't have his Valorant key. Poor boy. Oh, it has a new loading screen. Okay, sick. <laughs> Wait, what? You have Valorant? No, just the, the client has a new loading screen. Oh, you have the Shit, client. What's my account not... called? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I called my account Cinder and Dota. That might be why I didn't get a key. Uh-huh. Uh, why would you think you have it suddenly without watching streams? You, you missed the opportunity for the 24-hour drop, Cinder. Could have abused it. You don't have permission to play this game. Thanks, Riot. Cinderin Dota. Well, that could mean more than Great one thing. Name. It could mean I got access and then they banned me because I had Dota in my name. Or yeah. I didn't never get a key. You think they Who would knows? ban you? Shannon, however... Yes. I don't really mind that much that I didn't get a key. That's I know. That's the thing. Like, That's a lot what of people are me. really... Yeah, it's a good it's game. Like, it's okay. You know, it's, it's probably fun. I mean, maybe, maybe I should try to get a key. I don't know. All right. I also did not watch in Bruges. Damn, I didn't get to ask. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.